This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk with host Steve Jorgensen. The title of the book, Onward and Upward, and the author is Jim Nalia. And Jim joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Jim. Hello, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. It's great to have someone on the show that's had such a remarkable career in the arts. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of the details, some of the things that may help someone else who just has that dream, right? You had that dream, didn't you, to get into the arts? I really wanted it. I wanted it from when I was, uh, when I was a young little guy. And I just sit behind my drum set and I said, this is what I want to do. I want to play. I want to play for a living. Right. I don't want to work so hard. I just want to play. <laughs> but getting there was uh, was the challenge, of course. And, uh, you know, I worked very hard to get where I am now. But uh, it, it, it seems that these days I, I wake up in the morning and I'm going off to work where I perform or where I take care of people in, in the business world, in the music world, of, in the business side of the world. And it's really sensational. It's it's a, a wonderful life I've got right now. I'm well, so happy with it. <laughs> it's not work. As you say, this is the love of your life uh, right there with your family that, that has been so supportive of all that you've been doing all these years. Uh, you say this is uh, just takes relentless determination to have a career in the arts, and of course, you've been a young artist uh, in New York City, uh, successful. You've been a music coordinator of a Broadway musical. You've been traveling uh, throughout Europe. Uh, you're just excited, and and you just love the whole culture, don't you? Yeah, the, the culture is really, I think, the the thing that fascinates me the most. Uh, of course, you know, learning to play and, and, and honing in on your skills is, is so important. But when you can walk the streets of Vienna or, or, or you know, any country where the cobblestones are, are speaking to you, literally, uh, you know, where Beethoven walked or, or Mozart, it's it's to share your culture with that culture and then go into perform in places where, where these great artists were and great composers this really takes me to a place where you know I can't even I can't even explain it. It's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, moment in life. It really is. So, twenty five years as a percussionist. Twenty five years as a percussionist and a timpanist, and um, you know, for for those who may not know exactly what that is, it's uh, basically I hit things for a living. You know, anything <laughs> you can hit and uh, that you can generate a sound in the percussion world, a trundle or a tambourine or some cymbals or snare drum, what have you, is um, that's what I do. And basically, uh, my job is to, to you know, uh, create a landscape for the music uh, through my percussion skills and, um, and to follow the music that's, that's being performed. Yeah, it's wonderful. And you also saw an opportunity many years ago to become a, what you call a music contractor, personal manager, music coordinator. <laughs> you saw an opportunity. Yeah, I remember it clearly. I was, um, I was uh, on a tour in, in, um, in Europe and in front of my eyes, things were just falling apart with the, with the people who were promoting, uh, this concert and uh, the series of concerts. And it, it really was to no fault of their own. It was just circumstance. And, and I remember sitting there saying, I, I think I could do this. I think I could, I think I could take care of people. I think I can uh, manage these affairs. And I got back home to the States and I sat down and, uh, diligently made a list of what I thought I can do in order to make this better. 
And then I did it. <laughs> it was really kind of right. remarkable. And I rode that way for, um, you know, a, a decade or so. And, and we, we performed uh, hundreds of, of concerts uh, throughout all of Europe and, um, and, and had a very good success with it. You don't call this book an autobiography. You don't call it even a memoir, but you call it a kind of a unraveling of the puzzle. Oh, that's, yeah, I do actually. What and is I the really, puzzle? What is the puzzle? <laughs> oh, the puzzle is just fitting all of these pieces together from, uh, from the time that you can conceptualize that I want to play uh, an instrument or I want to write a book or, or I want to be a great dancer or anything in the, in the, the arts. And then you take that little piece and you say, where's that going to fit in with the next piece of the puzzle, which might be your education or, or your family support or your friends or, or part of your determination. And all of these pieces have to fit together, but it takes, um, a, you're on a journey kind of looking for all these pieces and discovering them. And once they start snapping in and you start having some stability with it, my gosh, the puzzle just, you know, grows and grows and grows. And, uh, there's really nothing that can stop you from, from making making the puzzle uh, a 50-piece puzzle to a 5,000-piece puzzle. And that's what I talk about uh, really in the book where, um, of course, it is something of a memoir and something of an autobiography. I, of course it is, but it really is with a, a wonderful twist of stories uh, that had taken place that set my career and all of these pieces of the puzzle into motion. That, that's how I kind of view this book. Behind the scenes stories. Behind the scenes story, the stuff that nobody really talks about. <laughs> right, right. So you, I, I didn't get into so much trouble, just just the, the mild <laughs> amount of trouble and concern. I'm sure it was all. But it there. gives readers a real in-depth look at things as they really are in the in the music world. Yeah, absolutely. This is, um, you know, I, I should start out by saying that I, I had this idea. It's got to be 25 years ago where. I, I had a, I met, I met a friend, um, and he said to me, I think what you do with your life is very interesting, and I think that you should write down and document a lot of these occurrences and a lot of these experiences. And it was back then that I sat down, um, you know, I think it was with the personal word processor at the time, and I just started writing down every detail of these stories as they unfolded, because there's no way you can remember them. I mean, there's no way you can remember all the detail uh, from day to day and month to month and then year to year. As I sifted through the, the hundreds and hundreds of pages of notes when I was putting on, onward and upward together, that's when I came across this great idea to let the reader see just how um, uh, incredible on all ends, the music world really is, where you could see things that had fallen apart that I was involved in, things I had great success with, but the reasons why they fell apart, or why I had the success with them, or why they were exciting, or why they, you know, why they went down a certain road that they went. So that's what I really enjoy um, with Onward and Upward. It's, it's very exciting um, for me to see these stories kind of come to life, and my friends and my colleagues who are reading the book now uh, say to me, I can't believe that you lived through the same thing I did, just a little bit different circumstance, but we all lived through the same thing. So I wanted to share with the readers that, that we're all the same. We're just, we're just all the same with a little bit of a twist, and here it is. Take it and enjoy it. Run with it. Run with it. Why do you begin many of your chapters with uh, thought-provoking quotes? 
Um, you know, I've always, I've always enjoyed quotes. Um, I've always enjoyed when, when I could take a few words, uh, in, in my mind. I'm going for a walk or something that we're, I, I'm, I enjoy exercising and I have something in my mind and, and it's a few words that I heard that were, um, inspiring on some, on some level. And then I could really think, how could I develop that? Or, or how did that impact my life? And I think that these quotes that I chose throughout the book, um, really help open up each of the chapters. So you'll hear a quote, and then as the chapter unfolds, you can you can refer to the quote on some level, and you can see how they tie in. So I really enjoy using quotes in that in that regard. Who are some of the best known names in the industry you've worked with? Oh, I mean, some of the, the, the fun, I mean, I've worked with so many wonderful, wonderful artists, but, um, I mean, from Luciano Pavarotti and, and Placido Domingo, Yo-Yo Ma, but to Spike Lee and, and Terry Blanchard and, and contemporary, uh, contemporary artists, um, uh, Johnny Mathis and Joan Rivers and so forth. And these are all people who have come, uh, through, uh, either the hall where I'm working or, or some organization where they need musicians to back up whatever their act is. And I get called upon to work with these wonderful people and, and, um, and deal with them on literally on a daily, on a daily basis. It's really been rewarding. Those who want to pursue a career like you have and been successful at it, uh, music can't be just a vocation or a hobby it's got to be just like a, like you say an appendage of your very being <laughs> yeah i mean you know there are a lot of people out there who enjoy doing things in the arts and i think uh, that that is creative side and a, and a wonderful thing but you know for me it was it was it was more than that and and i think for a lot of us it's it's more than that and we kind of hog and we, we just can't release it and we want, we have to run with it where we're literally driven to run with it so it, it, it can't be um, half-hearted in my eyes it really needs to be you know full force just absolutely full force and, and go for it so you have mixed playing uh, as a percussionist to the management side is has that been a healthy mix for you it's a really challenging mix that's a that's such a great question Steve it really is um being a percussionist uh, in the in the orchestra, let's say, where I spend you know six days a week, I, I perform regularly. But while performing, I'm still managing say a hundred people per day who are on stage and maintaining you know um, records of of their days off, of their of their payroll, of their disabilities, of of everything you can imagine. I'm I'm kind of like a glorified human resource person while being a performer. So at five minutes to 10, I'm getting the orchestra onto the stage. And at two minutes to 10, we're tuning the orchestra up. And at 10 o'clock, I'm running back to the percussion section to perform with the orchestra. So it's, um, I just kind of keep two hats with me at all times. And I've learned how to swap them out over the past uh, couple of decades uh, pretty efficiently. But uh, it still has its challenges at times. But, but I'm, I've managed this one pretty well. And there's always something more to learn. Oh, it, it never stops. I mean, it just never stops. And and for that, I'm grateful. I'm really, I'm really grateful. I think we've all been just lifted, inspired by a great symphony or looking at a beautiful painting or being at a Broadway musical or watching some type of dramatic uh, performance, a play, a uh, soliloquy. But why does society often scoff at the working artist? It's like the, the artist is a bum. 
Yeah, I think I think that there's this there's this picture in in people's minds that that we um, you know we live odd hours you know we we work late at night we work on the weekends and you know we we sleep in in the morning um, you know maybe we have a Volkswagen in our driveway or you know we just <laughs> it's not a very stable life um, I think the perception is that we don't have as stable of a life as as we actually do and for those of us who've been blessed with with a career in the arts. Who have who have you know beat those odds so to speak, um, you know we we're we're just like anybody else you know we're just like the, the Wall Street executive or uh, you know I just think without all of the um, that baggage and and I respect people who do whatever it is that they do with their life but being an artist and having the chance to express myself literally on a on a daily basis has been probably the greatest gift and this is why I joke a lot Steve about. I don't really work for a living. I mean, I've worked to where I've gotten, but I wake up every day and, and <laughs> I have to pinch myself at times and say, am I really doing this? this is, it's really been a remarkable um, uh, a remarkable path that, that I chose and I found my footing and I pushed myself hard enough and here we are again. You know, so I, I think I beat the odds that, that most people see that, that artists and musicians cannot make a living. They, they will not succeed. I think I've beaten that, and I outline it pretty clearly in, in Onward and Upward. So I, I hope that, that um, our readers uh, could be fascinated, number one, but also take something really, really earnestly, um, you know, really to heart, and, and feel the passion and drive that I have for my chosen craft. And anybody can do what I did, anybody. And for you, it's the ultimate escape. Oh, without question. I mean, imagine you're being, uh, you're on stage and uh, you're in the middle of a, of a Brahms symphony or, 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 or any, any work, any big, beautiful, you know, classical uh, work or contemporary work. And you're nowhere else but in that moment. You can't be anywhere else. It's just impossible. So you're sitting there and, and you're not thinking about what am I going to, you know, make for dinner or the kids okay or, you know, whatever. You're just in that, you're in the zone. Of, of having music literally wrapping its arms around you. And this is, you know, it's a, it's a feeling of euphoria, constant euphoria. Because at that moment, it's lifting you as well. Absolutely. And I'm going onward and upward, which has a lot to do with the, the title of the book. Exactly, exactly. Well, <laughs> it's uh, your truth. Uh, you've run with it. You've had tremendous success, uh, at least in in all your travels and all your experiences. And I guess basically the message, the bottom line message is if every, anyone else is, has this kind of dream, go for it. Oh, without question. That, that's exactly how I feel. And, and it's funny because the, the first part of the first part of my thinking when I wrote the book was, you know, I need a good book to put like in, in young people's back pocket when they're on the subway going, you know, to Juilliard or, or the Manus School and, and, you know, studying in the conservatories or what have you. And I realized that that this book is good for that, but it's also great for, for those of us who have already, um, you know, moved on. I'm 49 years old and, and I've been through this now for 25 or so years. And my friends and colleagues who are around my age share that enthusiasm or share those stories or have realized some of these things as well. And they just call me or email me and they're laughing, just saying, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that, you know, I've, I've lived through this. Just, you know, it's, it's really a remarkable thing. 
So the book has the, the book has a lot of great qualities for for all sorts of readers, and also uh, for those who just like to be inspired. And and I, I hope that uh, our audience really enjoys it. And thus the title, onward and upward. Jim nailed you. Jim, tell us how to get your book. Oh, you can uh, you can go to Amazon where it is just selling so well. I'm so proud and I'm so blessed. But uh, Amazon.com has it, and Barnes and Noble, and uh, you know if you Google. You can just find it everywhere on the Internet. I, I, again, I've been really blessed with this, and uh, I'm enjoying this ride very, very much. Well, thank you, Jim, for being with us on Author Talk. It's my absolute pleasure, Steve. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Girlfriended is on Tugginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, Girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House, helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, Behind My Face, and the author is Christine Fredheim, and Christine joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Christine. Hello. Great to have you with us all the way from Norway. We appreciate you sharing your New book, Behind My Face, you say that this book is based on your life from the time you were between 15 years of age to 23, and and you write about what it was like to lose your father to suicide, as well as feeling abandoned from everyone else in your life, such as your mother and even your boyfriend, and, and uh, you went through a lot of pain, and you decided to leave Norway and move to Florida, Miami Beach, uh, with your best friend at the time. And, and that trip completely changed your life to the better, and you've met your husband there, and you fell in love with life again. And now you have two boys, so everything seems to be doing well, but you had quite a journey of ups and downs, I guess, right? 
Yeah, that's completely correct. And so it's in a really tough way, and uh, but I'm really excited that life has started to turn around, and I can enjoy writing again. And it's been a good journey to um, to tell people these things, to connect and make people feel less alone about what they are going through. So that's really nice. And a lot of people often think, "Well, why am I having to go through this when they're really not alone?" Yeah, completely. It's uh, it's really lonely when you're in it because you don't feel anyone can understand exactly what you're going through. And um, if I were more open at the time, I think I could heal faster and uh, grow faster. But I, I guess I just had to find it on everything on my own. So, so, so the, yeah, I wanted to uh, help people. So the writing, so the writing has helped you. Yeah, it has helped a lot. It's like a therapeutic in a way, and I get to look back and learn from what I did and see how far I've grown from uh, from how I used to be and think and, and live life. It's, it's just so completely different from what I'm doing right now, and it's uh, I feel really blessed that I got the chance to um, to rebuild my life. How did you cope with losing your father? Well, the most coping was spending a lot of time outside home and kind of ignoring my feelings. And I used to party a lot and um, I was really depressed and I really didn't speak to anyone much about it. I just wanted to, I don't know, survive in my own way. And I figured the only way to really get better is was to, um, to leave the country. It sounds a bit drastic, but I really wanted to fresh start and I didn't want to see any familiar faces anymore. I just want to kind of start over and start being grateful for actually being able to have my dad those 15 years instead of thinking that I had lost him. So did this fresh start help? Oh yeah, completely. It changed my life in like the first four days. I was so happy. It was sunshine. I lived straight on the beach and there was a lot of cute boys and we went shopping. As I went with my best friend, we laughed every day and there was nobody telling me what to do or or everyone just stayed away and I could just completely be myself and let my grief come out and uh, just trust my own instincts. And right after like a month after I stayed in Miami, I met my husband and I completely fell head over heels and have been ever since. So you want to tell your story about heartbreak, pregnancy, marriage, kids, uh, really uh, just a journey in life and talk about reality. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think I have gone through almost everything. And it's, it's really insane in those 25 years. I've been through a lot of uh, different doors. Um but I, I chose to bring the pregnancy and giving birth and stuff to have more of the positivity in the book and bring a lot of humor into it because the two first chapters are a little bit uh, dark and, and hard, but it's only to um, to show people how how bad it was and how good it actually became. So I decided to put in some of those uh, things that usually normal people go through, like getting married and having kids uh, and that experience as well, and write it, uh, about it in a really light way. And and I think I, um, I nailed that. 
So lots of life lessons, and at the same time, you say all sorts of humor throughout the book. Why, why, why did you choose to do it that way? Because it's important for me when people put the book down that they feel good, that they're happy, and that the book has not, like, uh, completely dragged your energy out. So it was important to me to also make people laugh and not just cry and sob and soak and all that. So it's a lot of important stuff that I've been through, but I also kind of want to put a light on it so it will be easier to come through it. And uh, in the end, you will finish with uh, some funny quotes and you'll have something to laugh about when you're finished reading it. And you want to talk about your parents, too. Yes. Well... I wanted to, what, in what way? You mean in the book? Right. Yeah. Well, you see, many people that I know have a really great relationship with both their parents, and especially where I come from, people are really tight with their families, and uh, I was extremely close with my father, and when he died when I was 15, it was an incredible heart. And my relationship with my mother completely, it broke down after my father's suicide because she took it very hard, and she developed a habit with drinking too much alcohol. And unfortunately, she passed away as well uh, last January because of too much drinking and accident happened. So I wanted to kind of share that it's not necessarily have anything to do with where you come from or what you have been through to have a good life, you know. Uh, you can make it really nice yourself, and you can... Oh, these words are coming out of my mouth the way I want, but the thing is that I wanted to just tell people that it doesn't matter what kind of home you have or where you came from, that if you choose to, you can have a really amazing life. And your book is, you probably would call it more like a diary because uh, you say you haven't hidden anything. Yeah, it's... Uh, there is like no lies there. Everything is completely true, except some names have been changed for um, just because I wanted to uh, not exploit everyone. But uh, but everything is completely out of my heart and my experiences. And uh, some of it, when I read it over again, <laughs> I kind of get like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I just wrote that. But it was really right at the time, and it's really uh, good for me to write about my life and be really personal because that's the only way you can connect to other people who have been through the same. So I'm not embarrassed about everything, anything. It's just um, it's what you do when you're a teenager. A lot of stuff gets to you. You try out stuff for the first time and um, yeah. So it's, it is really like a diary. And writing means a lot to you. Yeah. I always loved writing. Ever since I was a little girl, I started writing songs and started writing speeches. And uh, I always had a pen in my hand uh, growing up. And now my computer is always on my lap. There's always something I need to write if it's on my blog or if it's uh, in my new book. Or So it's really important for me to, um, yeah, to to write. So it's a story going from having no love, no friends, even no money, no nothing, and then you say to yes, yes, yes. Uh, a lot of things changed. Yes. It was a, basically my attitude and people around me as well that was influencing me in a negative way. When I kind of like rebuilt myself when I was in Florida, in Miami, 
I just started saying yes to life and I want this and I want to make that happen and I really got my confidence back to uh, to really be grateful for what you have and and be able to look forward to something positive and when I finally let go of all that negativity and saying I can't do this and I don't have that uh, everything seemed to really change for me and when I tell people they're like of course this is basic knowledge <laughs> but I really had to learn it the hard way that when you're positive and grateful, that things automatically come to you faster than when you're really negative and depressed. You want your readers to think as they read your book, hey, if she can do that, then I can do this. Oh, yes, completely. And that's why I've been so honest as well. It's that, like, my story may be a little more harsh than other people or it can not relate in that way, but the, the place where I went, it was so, I was so depressed. I just, wanted to die and I didn't have anything to live for and I think when you come to that point it doesn't come much darker and I really made it out of there and and my life is really amazing now and I could not have thought of that for um, yeah when I was 15 16 I would never believe that I would have a, a decent life again and it's really a blessing and I really think that people could be inspired and would be inspired <laughs> when they read my story. So your life has really turned around. Now you, you found success, uh, wealth, and joy from within. Uh, it just seems everything's come together for you. Yes, everything has come together and even more. And for me to actually be getting to write this book is really amazing. And this is something that I always wanted to do. And I'm so happy that my dreams are coming true and things are moving forward. So where to from here? Where to from here? I'm still writing my second book, but it's so busy staying at home with these kids and and having this house to clean and everything goes uh, wifey duties. <laughs> but I have promised myself to have this book number two out this year. So hopefully I will manage to do that. And uh, I hope that one day we will have enough uh, uh, opportunity or one opportunity to move to the States because that's where I actually want to spend the rest of my life. And so this new book is uh, an extension of your first one, or is it entirely different? Well, it is some kind of extension to it. It has a red thread, as I like to call it, but it's not completely in the same way, because in Behind My Face is really personal. But in my next book, I'm going to use a lot of stuff that I learned and put it into some kind of self-help book but have it in a way where I also share some small um, private events. So it's going to have a red thread to it, absolutely, but um, but it's not completely the same. It's not going to be a diary. We've been listening to Christine Fredheim. She is the author of her book, Behind My Face. Christine, tell us how to get your book. You can get my book almost anywhere uh, anywhere online, uh, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, at Author House, or you can go in your bookstore and order it through there. Well, thank you so much, Christine, for being with us on Author Talk. Thank you so much for having me. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages.
Have you been laid off, fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, President of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Togginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, TrishaGoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, What to Do Before You Say I Do. Concrete Ideas and Solutions to Create a Great Start in Your Relationship and in Your Marriage. And Susan Ziggy joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Ziggy. Hello, Steve. Oh, so great to have you. This is going to be a lot of great information. You're loaded with it. You're also, you just have this edge of uh, looking at things in a humorous way, too. So, which is important, isn't it? Especially in relationships. Oh, it sure is. You can't take anything too seriously because it'll change tomorrow. It will change tomorrow. So, the big questions for everyone listening. Are you thinking about getting married? Uh, How do you know you have... A life partner. Are they the right life partner? Do you have goals and ideals? Do they really complement each other? These are important questions, aren't they? They're very important. And a lot of times people don't think about the details in a relationship. They just think about, well, I love him. He loves me or she loves me and she loves me, whatever. I have uh, gay relationships in here as well because relationships are relationships. And they just think it's about love. And I've asked so many people, why are you getting married? Oh, because we love each other. I said, and what do you do on the days when you don't love each other? <laughs> They're like, well, you know, we'll always love each other. I said, good luck with that. Yeah. There's days when he leaves the seat up and you're not so in love with him that day or when she wants to do something that the man doesn't want to do. Yeah, you're not so in love that day. <laughs> so I said, then what do you do? They're like, well, that won't happen. 
Well, this comes from a lot of personal experiences. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, some about your father and mother and, and some of your uh, personal, personal, your personal information. Okay, I have a father who's been married several times, so I learned a lot from him. He's a school psychologist, so I grew up learning how to watch human behavior, analyze it, and, and solve what I can do to help that human behavior change, which kind of brought me into my past field of education. I was a special ed teacher for 15 years until a routine surgery left me disabled, and uh, I had to change my field, I had to retire from teaching because it left me unable to walk very far. So then a friend of mine asked me, because I used to be an interior decorator, if I wanted to help him flip houses or rehab houses. And that's where I really learned that, since it's a man's world, I really learned that men just don't understand women because they're so emotional. Men are very black and white. They're simple and we're complex. Mm-hmm. So to say, you know, why does my wife hate me so much? I don't understand why my girlfriend's mad at me. And it got me thinking, wow, it seems so simple to me because of my background in psychology that I, I'd give them advice and they would take it home and try it and come back and say, you know, that was so easy and it worked. And so it got me thinking about my own children who are 26, 20, no, oh, wait a minute, 28 and 30. Oh, my Lord. I'm only 35 myself. <laughs> Time is rushing by. Oh, you're not kidding. And uh, I wanted them to pick a good partner and understand what it takes and how well they know themselves. Because you don't pick a partner on how, what they can do for you. You pick a partner on the, what you have to offer and what your needs are and your personality and look for someone who can complement your personality. You know, I have a whole chapter on personality types, type A, B, introvert, extrovert. Um, what were the other ones? I have so many personality types that it tells you kind of like, you know, who you want to match up with. An introvert and an extrovert can be a good match at certain levels. Like I'm a high-level extrovert. I talk to everyone and anyone. So I would not be well-suited for a low-level introvert or even a high level introvert they we just would spend too much time arguing so the book is very clear on what partners you want to look for and i also didn't want it to be just about before you say i do because as you know steve intervention early on is key in medical issues childhood issues And same with marriage issues. The earlier you can start to develop good habits, the better off you're going to be down the road when you run into rough patches. As you and I know, you will have rough patches. And so, but this book also helps people like us who have been married for a long time and we kind of need a refresher course on, oh, I forgot. Yes, say please and thank you every time you get up to get your, your partner something. You know, use good manners, start traditions. And I have a chapter called Traditions, and I call them that because I don't want good manners or ideas to be just a thought. Like your traditions of Christmas, Easter, Passover, Seder, whatever your religious beliefs are, 
they're so embedded in your culture that the traditions in my chapter need to be embedded in every relationship. That's how strong these traditions need to be. Was that clear? Very clear. Well, the traditional family, the the old school family that what this nation was built on, we just kind of through a lot of things, I guess, through the whole uh, 60s, 70s, the whole sexual revolution. And now we have the technology revolution. It seems like it's all attacking the, the, the real, you know, basis of a good family. Yeah, the nuclear family is gone because people get so, they're so fast paced and so technology impaired. Just give me the opposite of that. They're so technologically advanced that they don't slow down and really take the time to talk to each other. And talking is so important. And this book will tell you exactly how to talk to someone, how to talk to your partner, ways to compromise. What happens if you don't compromise? I give examples for everything. And I also give questions in every chapter that make kids, adults, sorry, adults, question what their motives are for getting married. I have great reviews on my websites and on Barnes and Noble and Amazon, but I'll say, wow, this made me think about things I've never thought about that are so clear and simple that I didn't know. You know, they just take so much for granted and it slows them down. You know, I really want the world to go back to a nuclear family and learn to work through issues instead of saying, well, okay, I've been mad for a month now. I think I'm going to give this up or, you know, I've been upset for a week and we're just not going to make it. So let's just move on. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, if you don't understand why you moved on, you're going to repeat the same mistake. Well, and you have to have a big enough why just to get married. I'm sorry, a big enough what? Why? Why are you getting married? Like you're, you know, trying to help people think through this. Why do you want to get married? Well, there's got to be more than just looks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, are... that's a motivating fact uh, a lot for the, the young, you know, the, the looks. I guess even the older ones, too. But that doesn't get you very far, does it? Oh, no, because as you well know, what I look like today was not how hot I was at 20. <laughs> right. You know, you're, the only thing that doesn't change much, it will modify, is who you are inside. Mm -hmm. And this is not a religious book. It's a very concrete book on ideas and things that change. I wasn't the same person I was in college. Were you? Well, we hope we would all learn from our experiences and become better people. Absolutely. And this book is, it tells you like the chapters are, it takes more than love. You and I both know that. How to create the traditions. I have a compatibility survey in here of 30 questions that's interactive. The, the, the two in a relationship need to sit down and take it together. This book opens up a lot of lines of communication. Like, you know, are you both patient? And I want the partners to one one would answer for themselves. Then when you're done with the survey, give it to your partner and have him or her read what you wrote back to you so you can hear it out loud. Does he think you're a patient person? Does she think you're an extrovert or an introvert? And the couples in my book that I interviewed that have been married 20 plus years 
had so much fun doing this because even after 20 years, they said, well, I thought I was the life of the party. And the partner said, no, you really aren't the life of the party. You're pretty quiet. Hmm. So it's funny how you perceive your partner even after 20 years. And they all had fun doing it. There's questions in every chapter that make you think, hmm, why am I doing this again? You know, and all the really relevant things of our time that were so important. I sound like Miss America. I am going to bring the nuclear family back. <laughs> that's how I feel. Well, that's There's, a great mission because we need it. That's for sure. It would solve a lot of problems. It would. And I have red flags in my chapters. That I have a chapter on red flags. And it tells you what to be careful of and really make you think. You know, if, like we talked about earlier, you need to understand that these are red flags. In-laws? red flag, bridezilla, red flag. You know, if they're so obsessed with making that one six hour period perfect and they, they forget about keeping the partner in the loop or involving them or, you know, making more time for yourselves as a couple than worrying about how perfect the food is, really, Come on, one day you're going to ruin a relationship because one day? So, yeah, I put a lot of thought into this. I have a large family that really makes me think about this stuff, and I've seen it, lived it, experienced it. I've pretty much done it all, Steve. I'm tired now. I've done it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, a man and a woman, there's a lot that goes into making that special relationship, and as you point out and advocate so much, you've got to be honest with each other. Apps, and there has to be mutual respect. Right. You know, apps, honesty is so important. And, I, you know, I've got a chapter in here on games people play. Mm. And it drives me crazy when I see people, especially women, sorry, women, um, play the games of, well, you know, he should know how I feel. And I'll tell you a quick anecdote. My girlfriend has been married for 24 years. They have a great relationship. She told her husband for Christmas, I really don't want anything. So he didn't get her anything. <laughs> and I said, Mary, what happened? She said, well, I told him I didn't want anything. But she said, I expected him to know after 24 years what I'd want and what I like. Yeah, and I said, well, you can't play that game. So people, even after they've been married a long time, still tend to play games. So I think this book is so appropriate for everybody in a relationship married not married like i said earlier i only put before i say i do because intervention's always best at the beginning but i have another couple married 22 years who said wow i read your book and it actually refreshed our our date night into now they they rotate he does something that he likes that she does with him and the next week they do something that she likes so that they take each other's interests, mm -hmm. they develop them, and they just can't thank me enough for how much closer it's brought them after 24 or 22, 21 or 22 years. Right. So, yeah, this book is a great reference guide. I think it needs to be used by everyone in any type of relationship, except probably, you know, adult child, that probably wouldn't be useful.
Well, we can always make things better, and you ask a lot of great questions in there, and not only do you ask the questions, you have examples, you have answers, all about different aspects of relationships, about marriage. It sounds like the the perfect guidebook for just about anyone of any age. Thank you, Steve. It is. <laughs> I can tell you that. It really it's helped my marriage. I've been married 14 years. I have a partner who watches, who has my back. That's who you really want to look for, someone who will be there and will have your back when it gets tough, when it's hard. And even he said, oh, this is great. So something so simple as saying, you know, when you get up to get yourself something to drink, ask me if I want something. Make sure you say please or thank you every single time. We thank each other every day. For the meal when he's when he makes me dinner, I thank him. I tell him how great it is. Just simple little things that right. people have forgotten how to do. Yeah. Yeah, simple things can make a marriage very very strong. And so, congratulations, Ziggy, for this book titled "What to Do Before You Say I Do," and the author's full name is Susan Ziggy. Tell us how to get your book, Ziggy. All right, Steve. You can go to authorhouse.com. You can go to Barnes and Noble and uh, just type in what to do before you say I do. It's on Amazon. I have a web, uh, I'm sorry, a Facebook page that you can go to. It's Susan Ziggy. I have an email address. It's Susan Ziggy Helps at yahoo.com because I'm the type of person that, you know what, if I can help you, whether you buy the book or not, and you have a question, email me the question. I'm more than happy to help anyone, talk to anyone. I'm, I like talking to everybody. Drives my husband crazy. <laughs> it, I talk to everyone. He goes, really, do you have to do that? I'm like, yeah, I love people, and I well, want to help everybody. Yeah, that's, it's exciting to do that. So good for you, Ziggy. Well, thank you so much for being with us on Author Talk. Well, thank you, Steve, and good luck with your your stuff and my stuff, and tell your children I all said hi. <laughs> Will do. All right. Thanks, Steve.